We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Greatest Pod in the South. I'm Neil McCready. That's J.G. Tate with me here today as well from uh, lovely scenic Montgomery, Alabama. I'm in Oxford, Mississippi, where it's 80-something degrees. Jay, they're talking about rain here today. If it rains this afternoon, I think it's the first day it's rained in like 30 days here. Everything is super dry. Yeah, we got rain today. Actually, it's been raining most of the day down here. And again, for, same thing for me. It's been probably two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks since I've even seen clouds. Yeah. It's been wonderful lately. So. Unfortunately, that means I can't get in the pool. We like to call that poolishness or pool drinking. I usually finish my work during the day, and then we go hang out in the pool and drink. Hey, I mean, I'm legal drinking age, Neil. Don't look at me like that. Oh, I know you are. I know you are. You, you. I know you and Laura do a little pool drinking, a little poolishness. We do. We do some pool drinking. We hadn't been in the pool in at least a month, though, just because you get busy and after school and it starts to get a little colder. and just. Well, why don't you ask Big Yachty to come over and hang out? That might be fun. <laughs> He's come over and hung out some. Oh, Good, yeah. man. I wish I could do that. Why can't you have me over and have him over? I'd love to meet that guy. He's a celebrity, yo. Oh, y'all would y'all would hit it off. He, oh, yeah? He's a big beer drinker. You're you're more of a yeah. urban drinker, but that's okay. Not a big beer drinker. Oh, but I respect cool. I respect people who drink beer. It's fine. It's good. It's delicious. He's a connoisseur of uh, IPAs. That's his thing. He can break them down. Well, that's not my shit at all. No, like, it's cool. y'all can hang out though. Y'all, y'all would enjoy. Talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, y'all would enjoy talking. I uh, just want to say a couple of things before we get into SEC football. My Raiders are now one and four. <laughs> Raiders took one on the chin the other night, lost thirty to twenty nine to the uh, at the Chiefs, and add insult to injury, uh, our star wideout pushed a cameraman down, and now he's going to sue him or whatever. He's pursuing criminal charges for that. I mean, jeez, dude, come on. Your team's anyway. one and four. My team's two and three. It's not looking not looking good for either of our teams. Well, this sounds crazy, man. I love being a Raiders fan because I can kind of like – the, the more fanny I get about them, the more I understand Auburn folks. You know, just because when you write I – mean, it's the same thing for you. Like when we write about Auburn, I've been doing it for 25 years. You've been writing about Ole Miss for fucking forever. And, of course, ULM before that. You, you kind of get <laughs> taken away from it. I mean, like – yep. It almost doesn't feel real anymore, and the, the roller coaster that fans go through, and Auburn fans are going through a hell of a roller coaster right now. You almost kind of don't feel it anymore because you've just you're on the other side and all that. You used to talk a lot, Neil, years ago about how there, it, it, uh, college football is like this circus, 
and there's this underbelly that's kind of hidden by a by a whatever you would call that a mask or a, a curtain yeah and people don't want to see behind the curtain neil no they, they hate all, it they get almost mad at you when you show them behind the curtain like I, i've always had people tell me you know are, are you ever going to write a book about i'm like no i'm never going to write a book but if i did write a book and i'm not but if i did i would write it about that underbelly about Do, have you ever written a book no does your wife ever get on you about writing a book? No, absolutely not. Because Courtney gets on my case constantly. And she goes, you've got to write a book. You've got to write a book. And when she you found write, out that you write a book, Chase Lee, yeah, that's the thing I always tell her. I go, I don't know. And she's got this plan. She's got an idea that my father-in-law told me I should do. He thinks I, since I'm not a sportsman at all, that I should go out and like hang out with sportsmen and then write about it from my perspective as someone who knows nothing about it in a humorous way. And he thinks that hunters and outdoorsmen would think that was funny and entertaining. I mean, I could see the possibility of that happening because, I mean, I haven't been fishing. I haven't been hunting. I don't know how to do any of that shit. Have you ever hunted, have you ever hunted in your life? No. I mean, I've hunted for chicks. But you've never, like, gone hunting? Never. Have you ever fished? Never. See, I haven't either. I've, as Neither a, one. As a kid, there seems like there was one time that we went to Lake Lake Darbone or Lake Claiborne in North Louisiana, and I did you make up that name? No, uh, and um, and no, you can look it up. Um, and we fished one day for like brim or something. I don't remember. We fished, brim? Yeah, we fished for something with my dad and stuff. One time, that's all I can really remember. We would go to the lake and and do like water skiing and. What do they call the slide thing that you get on with, on your knees, the hydro slide or whatever it's called? We would do that. And um, but that's like the extent of it. Camped some when I was a little kid. Huh. But, yeah, I haven't camped since I was a Cub Scouts, dude. Yeah, but I've never I've never hunted. I've never fished. And so that actually would be funny. I would, I would be interested to get your take on. But Oh, now Courtney's going to listen to this. Go, even Neil says you should do it. I'm like, damn it. Look what you've done to me, McGrady. But if you go like deer hunting with some deer hunter, you're going to have to do all the blood stuff, and they're going to want you to shoot and all that. Can you go beaver hunting? Yeah, you, I know you can. I know you can. I don't know if it's probably frowned upon in certain circles, but yeah. So that's what Courtney's always telling me I should write a book about, and I'm always like, no, I'm not going to do it, okay? But she found out recently that Chance the Yapper wrote a book, Yeah, and that, that didn't go well. She goes, are you Chase wrote a book? And you're telling me you can't? Yeah, he's got book signings and all sorts of stuff going on. Well, he's a chance the yapper, man. That guy's a celebrity in certain circles, you know? He's a celebrity up here, for sure. Did I tell you, I don't think I brought it up on the last show, but I met a guy at our bar that listens to our show and didn't realize I was JG. Oh, is that right? Like, I don't know how he could possibly not know. I mean, how many middle-aged straight guys do you know bleach their hair blonde? Like, none, well, right? But if he listens to it, he might not have seen you. Yeah, but I talk about it all the time. Well, I don't necessarily talk about my hair, but anyway, he was talking about, yeah, man, I, I knew he was an old Miss guy. So, hey, man, you follow him on the internet and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah. And I go, you know, are you part of the site with uh, Neil and Chance, the yapper? And he's like, oh, yes, in fact, I am. And I listened to his show, The Rundown. I, I think JG Tate lives in this neighborhood. I was like, yeah, he does. I think he does too. <laughs> I didn't let it go very long. I didn't want to make him feel weird. So I was like, I'm JG. That's how I know. And anyway, he's a big fan of yours, Neil. Um, yeah. Ole Miss guy living over here in, in Montgomery. So 
Yeah, we do have a little bit of a, in our own little circles, we're kind of a celebrity. I don't know if we're Chance the Yapper, but no, you know, I'm pretty big deal. I'm definitely not the celebrity that, that uh, Chase is. There's no question about that. I cannot, I just, I, I mean, I'm not ragging on Chance. I'm just saying, like, I can't believe that he's the guy who's like a big celebrity. Like, he's not celebrity material. Like, he's just awkward and. <laughs> How's he awkward? He's, come on, dude. What do you mean? He's, what do you mean? How is he awkward? He's, he's like the definition of awkward, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think people think I'm pretty awkward. So I, I I don't know that I can call somebody else awkward. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you are a little weird. Not in a bad way, though. Uh, Maybe it's just some people who don't know you it might be. I will say this. Someone noted noted this on the board today and haven't even responded to it, but I thought about it and I was like, you know, you're you're right. I'm I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, more so than probably I ever have been. Like I can have different conversations with different people and it's all cool and I, I'm I'm fine. I don't I'll admit that I'm weird and it's awkward and all those things, but it doesn't like, it's not something I obsess over. I'm cool with it. Well, Whatever. I know better than almost anybody how far you've come as a human being and as a man in the last 20, 25 years. And you've come a long way. I don't mean to be saying that because you're a bad guy. You weren't a bad guy. You just, you got your life in order yeah. in a way that I think is, you should be very proud of that. Honestly, I appreciate that. I say it too much. I mean, I tell you like every fifth show about it. I don't mean to make it sound remedial or anything like that. It's just that I, uh, you, you were, you know, no, I needed the, to make some changes. I, I was in a pretty bad spot. I'll admit it. I, I, I've, I've said this before. I've, we've talked. If, if nothing else good has come out of this show, it's that we've talked about like mental health and therapy. And um, when you when you get to a place where you can't help yourself, you need to go get help. And and I was yeah. I, I was at that place. Now I'll, I'll admit it out loud because if that helps one person go get therapy well then it's worth doing it's worth admitting that i was in a i was not in a good spot at all uh so moving on to a couple other things here neil mccready the auburn tigers are making their what biannual every two years is that the right word that is correct journey to oxford for a morning kickoff i know old mess people are fired up about having a morning kickoff uh, at home uh this ought to be a fun game uh because there's a chance here that Lane Kiffin might be able to knock somebody out of a job. I don't know about that. I don't know if he'd be proud of that, but he could do it. So I, I did the five questions thing with uh, your your guy, Brian Matthews. and Yeah, I wish I could have done that, but that's all right. Brian's really good at that. I just didn't want to add anything to your plate, and people have heard your voice on this, and so I was getting a different voice. Oh, word. Brian, Fair enough. I get it. Brian said um, he thinks he's going to pick a four-touchdown game. He thinks. Yeah, I've heard him say that. He thinks this is like a total blowout. I, I, yeah, of course we do. But why? Because Ole Miss is a lot better than Auburn. I don't. Know, what's best best play caller alive in football anywhere? NFL included. With a team that can play with a quarterback who's getting better and is already way better than anything Auburn's got. I mean, I don't know why you would think that Ole Miss would not stay within three touchdowns of them. You know, I don't know what it is. I think it's. Uh, I've spent 21 years of my professional life either as an Auburn beat writer or an Ole Miss beat writer. And then if you take those, I guess, like four years where I was a columnist, where I wasn't covering Auburn every day, but I still was around the Auburn stuff a lot because I was probably went to three, four, five Auburn games a year and, you know, followed the press conferences and all of those things and talked to people there and all of those stuff. So if you count that, I mean, that's like 25 years of my professional life covering one of these two teams. And when I see the line come out on Sunday, it's down to 14 and a half now, but at one point it was like 16, 16 and a half. And I just thought, when was the last time 
that Ole Miss has been favored by that much, or by anything for that matter, over Auburn. I mean, I've seen Auburn minus 16 and a half, where you're like, yeah, it's about, about right. But Ole Miss minus, and again, it's down to 14 and a half as we record this, but on Sunday when the initial line came out, it came out at like 16, and I thought, wow. I don't really know what I expected. I guess I thought like 10, 11, 12, and then it comes out this this big number, and maybe it's just I've been around it so much that I've, I'm so used to seeing it the other way. I mean, I've covered this game as a beat writer. This will be my 21st game. I guess I've seen Auburn win probably four? 17 of them. I mean, I've seen Auburn win. Yeah, 17. I've seen Ole Miss win four of them. I saw Ole Miss yeah. win in 99. Oh, yes. That was a good one, wasn't it? That was fun. 2008. 2000, 2003. 2012. Th- but I wasn't on the beat that year. All right. And and 8, 12, and I guess, was it 15, Chad Kelly's year? That I, th- I think that's correct. So I've seen, I've seen Ole Miss win three times since I've been on the beat here, and they won once in the six years that I covered Auburn either for Birmingham or Mobile. And so it, it's just a weird thing to talk about as Ole Miss is this prohibitive favorite over Auburn. I, mean, I, I, just, I think that's what it is for me. It's just kind of difficult to make your brain see that. But when I see guys like, you know, when I see guys like you and, and Brian talk about this team the way that you do, I think, well, maybe I'm just wrong. Well, Auburn has played some of its best football against Ole Miss through the years. You're right about that. It's kind of like the way A&M just seems to always get up for Alabama. And then they – play like ass against other teams, but yeah. uh, it's just one of those things. I don't really know about why there'd be a genesis between Auburn and Ole Miss because I don't really think of those two teams as being really like naturally linked together, But except for Tuberville, I guess, but that's a long time ago now. Yeah, it's a long I mean, time. Pine, Pine Boxes just feels like old stuff, you know. Um, it's just that this Auburn team is I mean, one bad half away, I think, from just really going in the full nosedive down. I mean – you tell it, you say, JG, they're not already nosediving. They lost 20, uh, 42 to 10 uh, in Athens. And that seven of those 10 points, I'm telling you, were a miracle. I don't know if you saw the game, but they scored a late touchdown on like this crazy you know, three or four Georgia Bulldogs missed a tackle and a dude got away and got a touchdown, uh, a long touchdown. That was, Auburn couldn't um, piss a drop. That was the kid from Mississippi, right? That had that. Yes, Jarquez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hunter. From Philadelphia, Mississippi. So do you. Do you think this team show up? I've had this question a bunch on my site, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll show up because most teams do. Is there any chance at all that this team just kind of is flat out of the gate and they don't show up? And or the Auburn think, Tigers, you mean? Yeah, or, or do you you think they show up looking to kind of like salvage something and get more? No. Uh, Ole Miss, now you've watched more than Ole Miss than I have this year, but sure. I think of Ole Miss as a team that starts slowly, like first quarter, and then they really start kind of gaining momentum, and then the second half they – they knock people around. I mean, I think what's going to happen in this game is Auburn's going to be pretty good early, first quarter. Lane Kiffin, being the assassin that he is, is going to run pace because Auburn's defense is thin and getting thinner. So pace them out of the damn stadium and try to get the play count up to you know north of 80. Yeah. And, I mean, Georgia showed last week that when Auburn gets above about 60 snaps, I mean, it's a mess. They actually hung in there pretty good for the first half against Georgia, but once the, the snap count got above about 60, they just started running out of gas, and Georgia just ran all over them. I don't necessarily think Ole Miss is going to run all over them. I think Ole Miss is going to pass all over them. Uh, but I think he's going to pace them, and I think Ole Miss wins this game by, I don't know if I'd call four touchdowns. I mean, at least 20, though. Um, I, I just think Ole Miss is a lot better. And if they start fast, it could get really ugly. 
Because I, I just don't think Auburn believes in itself. I don't think Auburn believes in its ability to score enough points to beat a team like Ole Miss. So if they get down two or three touchdowns, dude, that's a wrap. If that happens, say somewhere between what you just predicted and what Brian's predicting, you said three, he said four. I, th- I think it's more 14 to 17, but regardless, if it's where you guys are talking about, so that'd be 24 points. So let's just make up an arbitrary 24-point game, 48 to 24 or 40, 41 to 17. All right. Does he survive that? I mean, when I say survive it, does he get to into the bye week or do they do something Sunday, Monday? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Neil. I, I don't necessarily feel – the fans, the people on the bunker, the greatest message board in the history of the internet, aside from the great folks at the Rebel Growth site, uh, they want him gone yesterday, of course, unanimously. I don't sense any mm, – I don't, I don't sense that anxiety from important people at Auburn that they have to get rid of him right now. I mean, I think he's done. The chances of him being the coach at Auburn next year are basically zero. So he's going to get run. I don't necessarily think that getting your ass beat by Ole Miss like would be the the the, the final blow. I, I don't think that would necessarily be the coup de gras. I I just think that. So I don't know if they're committed to firing him right now. I don't really sense it, Neil. I don't sense that they're like it's almost time. You know, I I don't I don't think so. They've got a new president. I think he's being very conservative in the way that he's handling this. Because if it was up to JG at Tate State University, I would have fired him after the last game because I think it's over. Maybe you can argue give him one more week, but at some point, dude, they have to they have to lame duck him or fire him because you cannot start a coaching search for this job the day after the Iron Bowl. You just can't do it. Like you cannot let Auburn sit out there in the wind for two weeks with the early signing period now being on December twenty one. You can't do it. And they've already so, they've already started their search. I mean, c- come on. I, I, I mean, mean, I mean, come on. I know that, but they don't know that, and they've already gotten nabbed on this once, and they got into trouble with like the the college people. Yeah, they got all fussed about it you remember you were on the beat back then the, the college uh administration people oh, sacks i do remember that so it was all over you know meddling from the board of trustees and all that stupid shit do you do you buy the sudden momentum that's out there at least in the realm of public opinion that jeff grimes has moved ahead of Hugh freeze i do not know i don't is that, is that something that you've heard oh yeah i've heard it a lot this week you heard it from like people you trust or just random uh, people just talking people not really i mean i haven't i don't contrary you know this this isn't meant to to you but just a lot of people are like what do you hear i'm like well i'm not digging on the auburn job it's not of course you're not it's not my but you job. also know some people that just happen to know a lot about college football I, I do um those people remain pretty confident that uh that this is a job that 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 hugh freeze can get i think this is a job that hugh freeze absolutely wants uh, to say that Hugh Freeze wants the Auburn job is probably an understatement. Um, ooh, that's thunder. Listen to that. Yeah, it was, I, I saw a big thing of lightning, and I got worried I was going to get knocked offline from that I one, mean, but we're okay. He covets He covets the job. Well, I know, and he sent his daughter here, and he's been a pretty visible guy. Like When he shows up on campus and stuff, everybody knows, oh, Hugh Freeze is here. and He's been pretty pro-Auburn, really, I mean, since he left Ole Miss. So, yeah, I think that's a natural fit. Of course, everybody knows there's some baggage that comes along with Hugh Freeze. As you have noted, Neil, that maybe the university should take over his Twitter account where he'd become the next head coach at Auburn. Yeah. Just to eliminate the possibility of anything crazy going on there. But, um, yeah, I think Freeze is in play. Uh, I definitely think that Matt Rule is in play. He's an interesting case because he has experience twice in resuscitating programs that have been pretty low. 
uh, and, and Auburn's very, pretty low right very now. Very good at it. I just don't know. You know, he doesn't have any ties to the Southeast, which would worry me a little bit if this was Tate State doing the hire. But the enthusiasm and industriousness he showed at Baylor, Where was like he, when he got the Baylor? help. He was, he was at Baylor and he was at Temple before that. Is that right? He was at Temple before that, and he played linebacker at Penn State. So he's from really up that way. Um, but when he went to Baylor, he basically rented a helicopter for a month and flew around the state of Texas. First of all, he hired a bunch of high school assistants, which is really smart in the state of Texas to show he's serious about getting to know this area. And then he got in a helicopter and went all over the place and met a bunch of people. Dude, he he did more work in a week reaching out to high school coaches than Harson's done here total. <laughs> so it might be a nice thing. And, and as a bonus, you can talk to Rule now. I mean, as soon as you fire Harson, you can. And you might be able to get him kind of up to speed and, and he could take over right after the Iron Bowl. So that would be good too. Not saying you'd have to wait a long time for he freeze or whatever, but you know what I'm saying. You can you can get a head start almost with him. Yeah, I don't know what so, Liberty's last regular season game is, but uh, somewhere in the next in the five minutes after it ends, I think you could you could get him on the way to the planes. He probably, he's not leaving Liberty unless it's in a pine box now. He'd probably like to say goodbye to his team, but I, I don't even think he'd let that stop him. I mean, look, he he, yes. he wants to return to the SEC. He wants to return to a Power Five job. I think he feels. Uh, you know, he, he. I think he feels like he he could do it. I mean, he. This is a guy that when all the stuff went down at Ole Miss, he begged them not to not to fire him because he said he he'd fix it. He'd he'd, he'd get through it. Now he couldn't have. It was too bad. It was over. But he's learned a lot. I think. I think. I think. The whole the one little Twitter DM thing is not to me. That's that's people misunderstanding what happened. It was stupid on his part. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't. It wasn't what yeah. people are making it out to be. Yeah, it was a misstep. It was a faux pas. Yeah, against like some dangerous thing, and we have to correct people in the bunker all the time. They're like, "He contacted the alleged rapist," and I'm like, "No, he didn't. <laughs> no, that is not even close to what happened." Anyway, uh, everybody's got their agenda over there on Auburn, and and they they really like a lot of people like Deion Sanders as a guy. He's in the state of Mississippi right now. Deion Sanders is a guy that could could resuscitate Auburn, but to my understanding, my knowledge, Auburn hasn't even talked to him. Um, so. I don't think Auburn will. I still think Dion's got to prove something else. I mean, he's done a great job at Jackson State, but you can overwhelm the swack. You can do that, and yeah. he's doing it. Yeah, he's done a great job with it. But you can't overwhelm the SEC. You can't do it. I don't think so. Either. I don't care how big of a star Coach Prime is. He is not a bigger star than Nick Saban. He's not a bigger star than Kirby Smart. So, sorry. Um, yeah, I think it comes down to Hugh Freeze, Matt Rule. I don't think Lane Kiffin's in this. Maybe he will be some point. I don't think Auburn really wants to go out there and drop $10 million on him for a brooding dude who's basically Rapunzel. He's a brilliant football coach, man. I love him. Great play caller. As good as I've ever seen. Yeah. And I love watching him kick ass at Ole Miss. It makes me so happy. But he doesn't belong at Auburn. And at Ole Miss, they just they look, on the, they look away at all the little things like that. And yep. if he doesn't want to interact with boosters, that's fine. Yep. He's the guy who's making Ole Miss so damn good. Auburn, it's never going to be like that. And I've tried to say that, and people get mad at me when I say it. Well, I feel like there's the people at Auburn know that too. I, I, I just don't sense this urgency at all. Like we got to talk to Lane Kiffin. I, I haven't heard one person say that. Not that anybody. They all know he's really good. It's and it's not about. And, and by the way, because I know you have some people listening that that hate my guts because of what I wrote last week. But it's not about which job's a better job. In all, the Auburn job's a better job. Period. But today. For Lane Kiffin. For that guy. Yeah. Ole Miss is a better job. 
Now, are there jobs in the league that if they popped up, I'd be like, oh, Ole Miss better be careful? Because there were two of them last year that I thought, if if they come after Lane Kiffin, he's gone. It was LSU, Florida. Those are both fits for him. Um, Auburn, not a fit. It's just not a fit. Not for him. Unless Auburn's going to completely change Auburn's DNA. And if that's the case, well, then, hey, who knows? I don't sense that. But I don't – <clears throat> Uh, I don't. I don't sense that's the case. You know, I mean, I Alabama gets a lot of credit for what they did with Saban 15 years ago. But Aaron Suttles had a story the other day. Um, I did an interview with Ryan Brown that's going to air on our network a little later this week, where he talked about this as well. That was a perfect storm, where the one guy who probably could have done that in that moment was Mal Moore. I mean, you know, and even then it was touch and go. Like I read Suttle's story in the athletic. It was, it, it was really touch and go. I mean, Mal Moore offered that job to Rich Rodriguez and he said yes. And so had Rich Rodriguez gone through with it and taken the job, the whole Nick Saban thing never, ever happens. And the whole get the boosters out of the building and out of control never happens there either. That's, it's one thing to say you're going to do that. It's another thing to do it. Yeah, I'm glad you're kind of having a reset there that Alabama, you know, everybody thinks that Auburn is so uniquely screwed up. And Alabama had a lot of the same problems until Saban. Yes. And he, you know, he's such a cult of personality that he can just put it down. He can squelch it, and he's that good. Alabama had become a very mediocre, just another program in the SEC in the mid-2000s. They just had. When Mike Shula was the head coach at, at Alabama, I mean, we talk about this. When I was on the beat, Auburn won that game six years in a row. I mean, and Alabama wasn't beating – they weren't beating LSU consistently. They weren't beating Tennessee consistently. They weren't beating Mississippi State consistently. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And so when people when people do this about about Bama like they were some superpower in 03, 04, 05, they weren't. No, not at all. They, they just weren't. Now, they are today. Saban's done an incredible job, but it makes you wonder how much of it is about Saban and how much of it's about Alabama. And you remember the Coach Fran left Alabama to go to Texas A&M, so that was a slap in the yeah, face. In my yeah, he damn near left to go to Kansas. <laughs> I remember. That's where Alabama was at the time, you know. I mean, Mike Shula took that job with some hesitation. <laughs> Mike Shula. And stop, dude. <laughs> dude, he did. I'm, I'm just telling you. They hired Mike Price, and Mike Price got fired for the whole thing in Pensacola. Yeah, you were. Did we, were you not together at all during that? Yeah, you and I were both at the hotel in Pensacola interviewing the like, busboy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We were at the right hotel, though. Yeah, we. oh, we were on it. We got the right hotel information. We just got the wrong dance club. Yeah, we went to Sammy's that time together. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot that you had gone with me. That's All where right. you learn if 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 you need a life lesson from the uh, Mike. Well, <laughs> here's here's the life lesson: strippers will tell you anything you want to hear. Yeah, that's not a great source, was it? It was nice to expense report a bunch of ones, though. It was. <laughs> I got some questions about that because my my top bosses at the advertiser at that point were women. They thought that was inappropriate, but I was like, "How else am I going to get information from strippers?" The accountants at the at the press register. It's a funny story that back then, as they were going through my expense report, they were howling out loud at the things I wrote in the margins about one dollar, two dollars, ten dollars. Where I explained, hey, she can't just stay with me unless I pay for a table dance, and the table dance was ten bucks. <laughs> she explained to me that you know if if she didn't uh, if if she kept talking to me and I wasn't paying her that they would get suspicious and and physically throw me out. So in some ways she was trying to protect me. That was nice. It was nice stripper. <laughs> she was nice. <laughs> hey, uh, let's let's transition from that into uh, last week's football games. We we didn't have a chance to talk about. Uh, I think that last show we did together we didn't get into games, which is terrible. We just had so much to talk about, but. Uh, this past weekend, uh, you had a, you had told me a couple of things that ended up being very, very true. Tennessee beat LSU 40-13 to 13 down in Baton Rouge, uh, a game that I thought LSU was going to be kind of a pain in the ass in that game, and you were like, no, nah, I think Tennessee's pretty damn good. So you're right on that one. 5-0 and oh they are, Tennessee. going to, They're going to be playing this big game against the Bam Bams this weekend. Yeah, we probably could kind of merge these together. This this uh, this game in, in Tennessee in Knoxville on Saturday is just – it's so fascinating because the whole world is in on Tennessee on this. Like 86% of the money is coming in on Tennessee. Uh, they're a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Game day's there. SEC Nation's there. Uh, like Everybody's there. You, you name it, they're there. And everyone's just kind of going, expecting this to be this coronation of Tennessee and, and the, the downfall of Alabama, and it just makes me really suspicious that that's not what's going to happen. Exact same feeling I get too, Neil. That's how college football works. You think it's all going one way, and it, it it's not. And Saban does not get – he should not ever get overlooked. I don't give a shit what the situation is. He is – he's a master at getting his team up and 
Yeah, I got like a hurricane coming through here right now. Like the trees are blowing on. It sounds like it. I can hear it through your through the connection. That's incredible. I, mean, I can I can see across the street, but I can't see the house behind them. It's just like seriously, it looks like a hurricane. It's crazy. Uh, Mississippi State continued their surprising run, at least surprising to me, by uh, completely putting away Arkansas, forty to seventeen. The Bulldogs are now five and one, and your Arkansas Razorbacks are three and three. Neil. Yeah, my hogs, they're in trouble. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know you are. The Bulldogs, uh, they're playing really well. I mean, they have to look back on that like second half they had against LSU and back in September and go, what happened? Because otherwise, they'd be in pretty rarefied air right now. And they get another break because they go to Lexington this weekend that I don't think Will Levis is going to play. He yeah. apparently, apparently he hurt his toe in the first quarter of the Ole Miss game a couple weeks ago in Oxford. He didn't play last week. They got beat by South Carolina, and I don't think he's playing against Mississippi State. And if he doesn't play, I don't think they can beat Mississippi State. Well, they were just dead against South Carolina. I mean, they, they weren't playing at all. You could tell. They just felt like they were defeated from the from the tip, man. That, uh, that Ole Miss-Kentucky game, man, I watched those Kentucky kids kind of walk off the field after that, and that was that was a tough game for them to lose because I think they felt like they just had one and they couldn't, they couldn't finish it. Well... <laughs> Well, that's dumb because Ole Miss is really good. I don't know why. I'm not saying they overlooked it or anything. No, I mean they just. It was just a really emotional game for both teams. It was. You got super up, and sometimes it's kind of like the Arkansas Texas A and M game. You mentioned the Hogs earlier in the year. I think Arkansas is having a completely different season if they just kick a ball an inch more to the left. You know what I mean? And and beat Texas A and M. I think they're having a completely different season. That the way that game ended was so deflating for them. It's kind of like Kentucky. So Kentucky's this is a it's a spot on their schedule where if they lose to Mississippi State, suddenly things start looking like they're going south. Uh, we got the Florida Gators over the hated Missouri Tigers. The hate the, the fighting Gabe Diarmans, uh in a game that a little closer than a lot of people thought it would be. Missouri's actually played pretty good football since they got embarrassed down at Auburn. He somehow lost the game at Auburn, Neil. I don't know how they did that. They, they, we like to say up here that they won the game, but they lost the final. You know, <laughs> I don't know how the dude fumbled on the one without getting touched, but it happens sometimes. Anyway, Missouri's been playing some pretty good football, uh, to be fair, but they lost it again. And they're two and four. Gators are four and two. The Auburn Tigers lost by thirty-two in Sanford Stadium. Auburn has not won there since two thousand and five. The game that you may or may not have covered. Has it been that long? Yes, sir. And most of them have been bad. There's a 38 nothing in there. You got a 42-10 here. Wow. Oh, it's, it's a mess. And I know you remember, because we were young on the Auburn beat, Auburn would win over there all the time. Yeah. Like every year. Auburn doesn't piss a drop against Georgia anymore. I mean, it's my, just completely over. My first year on the Auburn beat when I covered the Auburn-Georgia game, I guess it was the second year, the Tuberville's year, it was like, man, this game's intense as hell. I, like, I never grew up growing up in Louisiana. I just never really knew Auburn and Georgia was as, as intense as it was. So it's Kind of hate to see that become as one-sided as it's gotten. It's yeah, it's it's all the way on the one side. Uh, Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt fifty-two twenty-eight in a game that Vanderbilt led for what a good part of the first half. Yeah, they led at the half. They were up twenty at to ten half. late in the first half, and Ole Miss scored on the last possession of the first half to make it twenty to seventeen, and then just rolled them in the third quarter. I'll tell you this about Vanderbilt: I know they're bad and all that stuff, but Clark Lee's done a really good job of. You can see the beginnings of at least changing some of the culture there. And now that does that mean anything? Probably not. But at least he's trying. I like the guy. Um, well, they, a couple of things that I look at here. Vanderbilt had 400 yards. 
But hey, that which is a lot. AJ Swan is a really good player. I don't know whether Vanderbilt can keep him or not, but that kid's that kid's got some game. And then time of possession, I realize this doesn't matter because Ole Miss absolutely killed him. But forty-one minutes for them and eighteen for the Ole Miss Rebels, which tells me Ole Miss was very efficient. I think but, Ole Miss no. had three one-play scoring drives. <laughs> is that true? It's either three or four. Uh, you want to hear a crazy a stat you are not aware of? Sure. The Auburn Tigers have fumbled 16 times this year, Neil. Really? 16 times. How many? Of what, six lost? games? How many of those have they lost? They lost five. So they're, lead, they're probably leading the country in, <laughs> in recovered fumbles. <laughs> 11 of them by their offense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how you fumble the ball 16 times. You're only carrying it like 20 times a game. Shit. Is that counting like bad snaps and stuff? Well, yeah, it's any fumble. Yeah, because I think Ole Miss has a bunch about that many too. Because Ole Miss has had some snapping issues. Yeah, Auburn has too. Auburn doesn't have a center. They're on their third string center right now. It happens sometimes. Uh, Kentucky, as you mentioned earlier, lost by ten at home to the uh, the hated Gamecocks of South Carolina, who are now four and two. Yeah, both of those teams are four and two. How about that? Uh, and then the uh, tremendous game. Really, I really enjoyed watching this one. Texas A&M lost by four in Tuscaloosa. Had an opportunity. Essentially a two point conversion. It was that distance. It was like yeah. a two yard or one yard game, uh, and they threw what I thought was just an impossibly bad choice. Uh, they were throwing like basically a comeback route at the at the cone. Yeah, I was I was watching it. I was like, so you have one play to beat Alabama from the two yard line. They if if you score, you win. They they don't. There's no time left. If you score, you win. And you run that. Yeah, it was like a comeback route at the pylon a pylon route and yeah. they were all i mean alabama was all over it as you would expect and uh, to me what, just i would just throw it up man like here we're just gonna you guys go toward the post and i'm just gonna put this fucker about eight feet up and somebody will get it you know i, I don't know or i'm somehow getting the ball into Devin a chain's hands and we're doing something i mean finding i mean i got one weapon that's a consistent weapon and i'm gonna fire that weapon at that point and if they stop it. They stop it. The Raiders did this uh, in the game the other night against the Chiefs. Um, they had an opportunity to kick up. Uh, it was late in the game, too. They had an opportunity to kick an extra point and tie it at 30. And instead, they went for two to try to go ahead one point with about four minutes to go. And I was like, first of all, it was a weird choice. But second of all, I'm like, well, at least give the ball to Josh Jacobs, the tailback, because he'd had a great game. And so I'm following your thinking. He was basically the A chain of their game of their team at that point. And so they handed the ball to him and he got, you know, he's like two inches short. But I mean, I still don't know why you go for two there and we end up losing by one. But no. I, I tie it with the extra point. I probably do too. But he's thinking overtime potentially, or you're giving Mahomes four minutes at home just to get in a field goal range. I don't I don't know, whatever. Their kicker kind of sucked too, anyway. Yeah, whatever. So that's last week in the SEC. We're going to probably do a quick look ahead here in just a second. But the first thing I want to do is tell you a little bit about Cathead. They're makers of fine spirits and other delicious refreshments that can be found throughout the Southeast and beyond. Their newest product is spreading like wildfire through the fire pits, shindigs, and get-togethers of my locale and yours, too. I'm so jealous. One of my neighbors down the street is getting a new fire pit put in. It's like a covered fire pit with, like, big-ass fans for, like, the summertime and, like, lights, indirect lighting. I'm really jealous. It would be a great place to enjoy a cat head sparkling. Their cat, their uh, color, their cocktails in an, a colorful aluminum vessel, five percent ABV, one hundred calories each, and of, as always, gluten free, sugar free, and vegan. Courtney loves these. Everybody uh, in the pool, all the girls like them too. Cat head sparkling comes in eight packs with four different flavors. 
limeade, strawberry lemonade, mandarin, cranberry, and then the new flavors, mango, raspberry, cucumber, and pineapple. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor outlets near you. Cat had, of course, made waves initially in the vodka space with their various delicious vodkas, including the, uh, the blue cat and their honeysuckle, which is the uh, gold cat. These days, you can find uh, their cat head bitter orange bottles uh, in the stores and uh, also their pecan, which is a green cat. Listen, they're all delicious, and they all have a role in making a great cocktail. Cathead's bourbons are excellent as well. You know about the Old Soul, the 90 proof, but their single barrel Old Soul at 109 proof is a terrific standalone pour. One of my favorite bourbons to drink neat. And ABC over here in the state of Alabama got a few. So if you're around my state, the Yellowhammer state, you might want to keep an eye out for those. It's delicious. I think over in Mississippi, you're, you're more likely to come across that anyway. You may also be able to find the Tin Type Series, which is their seven-year, 119-proof bourbon. Yes, if you ever see their 13-year or 15-year, buy it immediately. I promise you, J.D. Tate says they're absolutely delicious. Look, you need Cathead in your life. Seek out their Cathead Sparkling or any of their fine spirits next time you're out. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry Cathead, make a request. Ask them to carry head. Life is better with Cathead in it, so do what you got to do and get that Cathead. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They got clients in multiple states, uh, advisors in multiple states as well. Uh, they provide uh, all sorts of financial assistance. You don't want to be in the market by yourself right now, trying to figure things out as volatile as things have been. So get in touch with my guy Martin Palomo and the people at my at uh, at Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com. M y p i n n wealth.com. I do a show uh, twice a week with Tyler Siski, former Alabama assistant, former Ole Miss recruiting coordinator, former South Alabama assistant. We have a uh, competition. It's called The Road to Boise. The loser has to uh, go out to Boise for the Boise famous potato bowl. And so I've been talking to uh, John Edwards, kind of book that trip, make it kind of fun. You can do that too. It's John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated. Uh, Get in touch with him. Just tell him, kind of give him some parameters. That's what we've done. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll help you create a trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis. It's Edwards at regencytravel.net. All right, this week in the SEC, this is probably put up or shut up time for some of these ball clubs. Uh, we mentioned earlier uh, Auburn at Ole Miss, a game that's going to kick off uh, in the morning. I believe that's an 11 a.m. kick. That sound about right? Yeah, it does. On, that is, that is on the uh, on the main ESPN, yeah. So we'll give uh, the national viewers a treat. Let them watch Ole Miss do their thing through the air. Little Jackson dart action. Uh, the line on that currently rests at fourteen and a half points, as Neil mentioned earlier. I think that's. I think Armour's going to lose somewhere in the twenty to twenty six range, and uh, no one over here will be surprised. In fact, most people here have just given up. Neil, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I just didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see, I didn't realize that it was that negative. I knew it was negative. I didn't know it was that negative. Yeah, they're just done, dude. It's just that, it's just so toxic over here, man. Like, and some of it is Harson. You know, he's just an odd character and it just doesn't work over here for him. But also, like, the whole coup, they were trying to, like, get him fired in February and they failed on that point, which is just an absolutely embarrassing failure, in my opinion. And so now you know he's a, he's a lame duck since then. I mean, you cut his legs out from under him. And in addition to that, he's also not been very good. But it's just a sum-of-all-fear situation over here. And I think Auburn just wants him out. Like, just keep losing, and then we'll fire you and, you know, take your $15 million and go on. That's what people want. I'm just telling you, that's what everybody's resigned to do over here. I want to be a fired football coach. 
God, it's the best job ever, wasn't it? Oh, it's the best. I mean, $15 million to just go away. I just keep thinking about Matt Luke. Like, Matt Luke's in that spot. He Did he get that much? Uh, he got like nine. And he's, he's still turned, a hell of a lot. He's playing golf. I know he is. And, and he's a stud. He's doing it the right way. This is the way I would do it. But Enjoying his kids. I mean, if he wants to come back, though, I know somebody would hire him. Yeah. And pay him a lot well, of money. He'll have opportunities. <laughs> at, least for, at least for a little while. He gave himself like, hey, you know what? I'm going to hit the pause button. I'm going to go refresh, recharge. That's why he's a stud, man. That's why I like him. He's still probably the best in the business, isn't he, though? I mean, for real? One of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Really, probably was one of the reasons it didn't work. Well, there's a lot of reasons it didn't work, but one of them is probably because he's too nice. But, I mean, if Tate State's hiring and they need an offensive line coach and I need someone who's going to identify the right kind of kids and then develop them, Matt Luke's on my very short list. Absolutely. I mean, he's on the top three. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's a terrific person. Uh, okay, so anyway, Auburn's going to lose it, Ole Miss. That's just the way it is. Uh, you got a big game. Uh, the two thirty game on CBS is going to be the Bam Bams uh, at Nayland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. A nice stadium, a fun stadium. It bounces. The press box bounces when they kind of get real fired up there. They'll get fired up. It's going to be rowdy. I just think they're going to go home disappointed. I'm, my money's on the Bam Bams. I'm afraid. Well, I mean, Tennessee does have the number one offense, so they do. It, they're going to they're going to score some points. Do we know? Uh, people will know this. Obviously, last time Tennessee beat Alabama, it was definitely in the. It was like, like two thousand five. That sounds about right. Because Lane Kiffin damn near beat him in oh nine. Yeah, Lane's and one it, year there. They they came close. The the guy blocked the field goal. And if I mean prior to that, they had won not many since then. So I mean, like we hadn't won any since then. But I'm saying before that, he was trying to break a string. So yeah, that probably yes. goes back even further. I mean, dude. Those Bam Bams still try to tell me this is a big rivalry. It's just like it's it's like if if Auburn had a rivalry with Vanderbilt, like it's a big one, man. You don't you don't go into Nashville and and, and hope for anything, you know. <laughs> Third Saturday in October, you know, yeah, in the seventies, yeah, big time, dude. Well, but these days, the Bam Bams just step all over Tennessee, and I, I'm with you, man. I think they're gonna find a way to just win this game. It might be a little closer than people expect, because honestly, man, Alabama's. I don't think they're super super good this year. Compared to where they've been, they're they're mortal. They're, they're more mortal than they've been. I mean, they they've shown some weakness, but I don't know. I just, for some, I just it's it's more gut feeling than anything else. When the whole world's like going there, here it comes. I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's not. Mm. Another game, uh, two thirty. The Arkansas Razorbacks are playing at BYU. This is kind of a weird game, a weird time for a weird game, but it's going to be on ESPN. Apparently, the weather's going to be beautiful in Provo. It's supposed to be sunny in sixty six. It's great football weather, Neil. Yeah, KJ Jefferson's going to play apparently, which I, I think gives Arkansas an advantage. You got to wonder, like Sam Pittman's got to look in the people in the athletic department, going, "What the hell are we playing this? What what what, what are we doing?" I mean, they, they have an open date next week. He's got to be like, "Was North Texas not available?" I mean, you, you should have played a nobody, gotten a W, got, gone into the open date, re- recovered a little bit, and then I think they go to Auburn after that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, just kind of there's a there was a better path than going all the way out to Provo to play a decent team. Well, I mean, hell, Houston Nutt might have been the coach when they set up these games. I mean, these are like 10, 12, 15 years in advance. That's true. That's a good point. But still, it's still a terrible idea. Uh, Georgia is going to play host to Vanderbilt. Another game at 2.30 on the SEC Network. Georgia's a 38-and-a-half-point favorite. Insanity. Yeah, I mean, they were 28-point favorite last last week, and I thought for sure they would hit that, and they did. But 38's a lot. It's a lot know. of points. 
Vanderbilt's defense is egregiously bad. I'll say this, man. Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback, to me, I mean, he's he's okay, solid. He's, yeah. And he surprised me with his – he had a long run in that game against Auburn, and he pulled away from some dudes that surprised me. But passing the football, I feel like he just gets into ruts, man. Like, he can be really hot sometimes, and then he's just kind of shitty sometimes. Like, there's no consistent level of performance with him. And I, that would scare me if I was a Georgia fan. Of course, if I was a Georgia fan, I'd also be, you know, still hung over from my big party after winning the national championship last year. So, I mean, yeah, no know, doubt. hate on him if you'd like. Yeah, if he's a disaster, I'll take it. If it gets me a national championship, goodness gracious. Uh, good. 24 and one in their last 25 games. Is that true? Yeah. Damn. Well, they're going to be about a million and one if they play Auburn every game. Uh, Florida is going to be playing, playing host to the hated LSU Tigers. Both teams are somehow four and two. LSU is not very good. I'm not saying Florida's great, but LSU's not very good. That's a game that I just don't really give a shit about. ESPN, six o'clock. I kind of like LSU in this one for some reason. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just my mm. Louisiana ties there. I don't, I don't know. I just, LSU kind of got embarrassed last week, and I just kind of expect them to bounce back. Yeah. Old Miss, Old Miss has to go to Baton Rouge next week. It's going to be going to be a little bit of a test. Down in the bayou. Yep. yep. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, Mississippi State playing at Kroger Field. We used to, we used to call that the tomb uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, formerly known as Commonwealth Stadium. 630 on SEC Network. Looks like it's going to be raining. Oh. So I don't know. Yeah, that could slow down Mississippi State just a little bit with the air raid. In any event, you know, one of the first people I, when I was a student at Kentucky, one of the first people I wrote a feature about when I was young in my newspaper career was Mike Leach, who was an assistant coach with Kentucky in 97 as part of Hal Mummy's staff, and he was just like a position coach at that point. And I knew right away that dude was cool as shit. <laughs> He's just one of those guys you talk to even then. Like, man, that dude's cool. He is cool. You know what? And if, if he ends up having a really special season at Mississippi State, he will have done this at Washington State, Texas Tech, and Mississippi State. That is sort of a proving ground. That is, that's not exactly three blue blood programs. No, I agree completely. He's the perfect like outsider, you know? You gotta be he plays that outsider role really good at schools where they're fine with that. I just don't think this replicates somewhere bigger. I don't. Yeah. This is probably if not last stop, it's next to last stop for him, right? I mean, he's probably getting close to the end. You would think so. But, I mean, you don't go to, like, USC and do shit like this. Like, No, 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 no. Yeah, Mississippi State was, you know, in the situation that they were in, they were content to give him an opportunity to do this. And he's been really good, I mean, to be yeah. fair. He's he's made them relevant. And, hey, they're winning right now. They've got a third-year quarterback in the same system. Will Rogers is putting up arcade numbers um, against people and, Again, they had that one weird half against LSU. Otherwise, they're six and zero right now, and, and they they still got to play Alabama. They still have to play, have to play Georgia. They still got to you know finish the games in Oxford, so they got to play at Ole Miss. So it's it's going to be challenging down the stretch. But they could easily get to six and one here against Kentucky, and then you go, hey, well, take your shots. Egg bowl, can't wait. But they got to play Alabama next week. So yeah, I mean, of course you're going to take their lumps, whatever. Uh, the fighting Missouri's are on a bye week. The fighting Cox are on a bye week, and Texas A and M, uh, the Cucks are on a uh, bye week as well. So they're gonna have a chance to kind of lick their wounds, so to speak. Both the Cox and the Cucks have a weekend. Mm-hmm, the Cox and the Cucks. Do they ever play each other? I wonder. It's been a minute. I think uh, they play each other this year. That would be wonderful in Columbia. I'd rather see Jimbo play Florida actually, but be like alumni day. Yeah, you know, yeah. former wideouts can come back and. Celebrate on the field or whatever. Right. It'd be kind of fun. 
Um, all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll get together again next week. Uh, we'll we'll recap all the stuff. We'll see if there's any drama on the planes. Get ready for another weekend of uh, SEC um, SEC football. Hey, I'm, I'm a basketball voter. How high should I put Auburn? Yeah. So I was talking with Gabriel about this the other day. He had Auburn, I think, fourth, and I think that's fair. He had Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee higher. So I think I think that's fair. Yeah, I think okay. that's fair. I had Ole Miss. Where's Ole Miss? Maybe tenth. Yeah, like that. ninth, tenth is what I'm thinking. Like I, mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking I have him at tenth. I'm, I'm maybe at ninth. I, I I had Vanderbilt higher, and then Chris Lee told me that I had Vanderbilt too high. <laughs> I trust him then. <laughs> yeah, and so so I might move Vanderbilt down, and that would move Ole Miss to ninth. But I think I had Auburn. I had Auburn fourth, but I was thinking about third because I know they're super talented. Um, Kentucky is like super talented. Arkansas, yeah, they are. Arkansas has a whole bunch of dudes, but they're super young. And then Tennessee. Tennessee's the one that I wonder if we're a little too high on. I wonder if we're – they do have uh, Josiah James and they have Vescovi, uh, who's a hell of a player. But I wonder if, if they're not – I don't know. It's kind of that's the team that I wonder if maybe we're a little artificially high on. Man, I got a question about Arkansas a little bit on the recruiting tip. Like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to say anything malfeasance here, but like, it seems like they're in on everybody. Like, I, I, they must sit around all day long and just call people. Like, every kid that we ever talk to is like, oh yeah, I'm talking to Arkansas too, and, they, and not necessarily they're in love with them or anything. They just say that they talk to them. You're talking about basketball. And, yeah, I'm talking about basketball recruiting. I feel like Musselman and his assistants are literally on the phone every minute of every day, like calling these kids. I think he's sneaky. I think he's sneaky elite. Sneaky elite. Yeah. Okay. I don't think people talk about him in the air that they probably should. He's taking Arkansas uh, to back-to-back elite eights. Yeah, I kind of don't like him, but so I don't want to talk about him good, but he's very industrious. I'll give him that. Uh, but then again, his assistants don't stay with him very long either. So I think he works them really hard. He and also, do you think is Arkansas a destination job now? Uh, yeah, I think in this I era mean, where they're committing a lot of money to NIL and stuff, yeah, Arkansas basketball is probably an, a destination job. Really? Okay. I mean, well, you don't, he well, wouldn't like leave to go to say UConn or, or, or somewhere like that. I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure Duke. he'd leave to go to like North Carolina or something if that, if that got offered, but I don't know that his personality would work at one of those kind of places. Yeah. He's, he needs to be at a basketball school, which he's at right now. I mean, I, I'm not trying to rag on. Arkansas has a very rich basketball tradition. So they get into it. They they love it. No, they really do. They do. They love it. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, you do, and I do, but I don't know as a random Auburn fan knows that Arkansas people really give a shit about basketball. No, they love it. It's it's big. It's huge. I mean, I mean Nolan Richardson changed the game for them. Yeah, he. They'll be fun. It would be a fun be a fun year in the league. So, all right. Well, that that's right. my input. That's what I needed. I'll 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 I'll, I'll think about Auburn as high as three. There you go. All right. All right. Like uh, we'll, we'll talk again next week. We'll get ready for another weekend of SEC football and stuff. If you're making the trip to Oxford, whether you're coming from somewhere in Mississippi or you're coming from somewhere in Alabama or Georgia, be safe. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for making us a part of your week. For Jay, I'm Neil. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.